Hello, my friend. Have you ever wondered how you can really incorporate education into your service-based business? Well, if you're thinking about that, think no more because I'm telling you, Dr. Hans is the goat of making sure that he is educating his clients while also serving them and getting them the services that they truly need. So who is Dr. Hans, you ask? Dr. Hans is the founder of The Investing Tutor, where he helps professionals with careers build wealth by teaching them how to invest. He also co-founded Becoming Your Own Boss, where he helps individuals build Build businesses they love so that they can leave jobs they hate. Y'all, today's conversation is so good. I'm talking to Dr. Hans about everything from how can you truly serve your clients via education to why is investing really important just for the everyday business person. We cover it all in today's episode and I am so excited to share it with you. Are you ready for it? Let's dive in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Thai Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Thai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Thai. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TiePod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. Alrighty, I am so happy to have you here with me right now. And I just want to ask you as Dr. Hans, aka The Investing Tutor, who are you and how have you gotten to where you are today? Hi, Tiana. I'm just so happy and, and glad and honored to be here. So who am I? It's interesting. As you ask the question, I'm thinking back to, you know, growing up. I grew up in Ghana, West Africa. And throughout my childhood, I remember my mom constantly saying, you know, hey, Hans, you should become a doctor right? If you become a doctor, you'll be very successful. Doctors are rich. Don't you want to be rich, Hans? And I would say, yes, I want to be rich. Then my mom would say, yes, and you need to become a doctor. So I was almost conditioned <laughs> to believe that the path to financial freedom, to having a successful life, was literally to become a doctor. So then throughout um, kind of like my upbringing, that was the constant theme. I got the opportunity to come to the U.S., so life for me started in Bronx, New York. And I tell this story because it's so funny. Prior to coming to the U.S., I used to watch 
like movies in Ghana about the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the, the most, like the funniest movie that I had seen was American Pie. So I envisioned, <laughs> <laughs> I envisioned like America, you know, with beaches, tons of parties. And then I was dropped off in Bronx, New York. Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking around and I'm like, man, someone sold me uh, the wrong, like (laughs) the wrong image or portrayal of the U.S. or like, this is not what I saw, but that's where life started for me. I remember living in um, just a one bedroom apartment, you know, with my parents and I would take the subway to school and sometimes I would even walk to school. I was working at a children's clothing store earning $6 an hour. But during that time, I still, I still knew in my heart that I wanted to be someone who could build wealth. So I had that at the, at the front of my mind. And I just kept just inspiring myself, listening to those audio books, reading those books, and, and knowing that my present circumstance, right, would eventually change. And while doing all of those things, I was studying very hard so I could get into uh, medical school so I could become a doctor. So long story short, I ended up transferring and I did pharmacy or I studied pharmacy. So I got a doctor of pharmacy degree. And then after that, I went on, did an MBA And now I recently launched um, my business. Well, not recently. I launched my business three years ago, which is the investing tutor uh, business. And just recently launched uh, the Becoming Your Own Boss program. But in between that journey, going back to right before I got to pharmacy school, this one thing changed my life. A friend gave me this book. The title of the book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the first chapter of the book said, the rich don't work for money. And I paused for a moment because I was like, everyone works for money. So what do they mean by the rich don't work for money? And that statement led me to begin doing research and trying to discover what does that mean? And if the rich don't work for money, how are they able to build wealth? And that's pretty much what led me into discovering investing and entrepreneurship. And that's what shaped most of my life. Wow. I can't even imagine like being exposed to that. That's such a big statement. So I get very deeply why it really stuck with you. Uh, So now as somebody who has some real investing chops, you know what I'm saying? I'm interested. um, What does that statement mean to you these days? What does that mean to you now? Excellent question. Yes, that statement, the rich don't work for money. Back then, that statement made me confused. Because Mm -hmm. if you can imagine, my uh, mom, parents told me, hey, if you want to be rich, you have to work hard and you want to become a doctor. And now this book is saying they're rich. You know, they don't work for money. 
Back then, I wanted to discover what it meant. Now I understand what it means. So there are two ways to build wealth. Most people don't know this. You either invest or you start a business. Here's why. Both of these avenues, well, let me, let me take a step back. Mm-hmm. With investing, it's you putting capital into either a business or some property or a commodity that increases in value. So then you're not doing any work. The appreciation of that thing is making you money, right? Right. With a business, you start out, you have to put in the work initially. But if you do a pretty good job, that business, when you end up hiring employees and all of that, then the business begins to generate money. You don't have to work hard down the line, right? So then both entities enable you to be able to make money without trading your time for money. Yep. Got it. Absolutely. It reminds me of the saying that we always go back to like our currency is time. It really is. Time is time is everything. Many people don't realize the value of time and they cannot quantify the value of time. So as you're sharing this with our home, we've had this home for several years. My wife often wonders, like, Hans, why don't you want to mow the lawn yourself? Why are you paying someone else to do that? And my response is, my time is way more valuable spent running my business than to be out in the yard, you know, oh, yeah. the hedges and all of that. I'd much rather pay someone $40 for them to spend their time doing that. Not that it's bad or that I do like, I just feel like my time will be better spent doing something else. Absolutely. I have a whole list of things I am excited to outsource as, <laughs> as soon as I can possibly make it happen. So I get you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so I'm actually curious. Uh, you mentioned that you started the investing tutor about three years ago and you've started your uh, most recent venture becoming your own boss pretty recently. So I'm wondering, can you share just a little bit more about what your journey as an entrepreneur building these businesses has been like thus far? Very good question. Tiana, it hasn't been easy. You know, I look around right now and it almost feels like a dream. You know, as I speak, as I speak with you, I'm sitting in very nice office here at home and I'm wondering like, how did I get here? How did this happen so quickly? Cause it's about three years since I first launched this business. Mm-hmm. My journey started out right out of the MBA program. I took a consulting job in Washington, DC and The reason for that job is I wanted to make more money to be able to put towards the savings that I had on the side for the wedding that, you know, we're about to have. So my wife and I were about to get married in about like four months after graduation and I needed to go work 
to, you know, get more money for that. So I went off to Washington, D.C., worked for this consulting firm. It's as if God knew that the purpose of that job was specifically to have enough money for the wedding because I kid you not, two weeks after the wedding was done, the company, the company laid off 90% of its staff. What? Yep. Oh, that was divine timing. All right. Yep. It's like, it was shocking. So then I was part of the people laid off and I'll never forget. I was going home that day, but then I had another interview at a different company. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is meant to be, I'm supposed to work at this other company. I go for the interview at the other company. Oh my God, everyone loves me. I, I just have this feeling like, oh my gosh, this is going so well. And I don't get an offer for them. Excuse me, let me repeat that. And I don't get an offer from them. And uh. I'm like, what? So I'm home for three months. Now, during that time that I'm home, I've been able to save enough money. So I'm not freaking out or worried about money, but I say to myself, you know what? I need to do something with this time. Luckily for me, my best friend's sister called and she was very upset literally in tears. She's like, Hans, I need your help. I'm like, what is it? She's like, well, I owe a lot of money. I have a lot of student loans and I feel my life is over. I cannot get married. We can never afford a house. Like this student loan is a burden. And I'm like, okay, is it a federal student loan or a private student loan? She's like, it's federal. I'm like, what? Federal student loan is the best. <laughs> It's the best type of debt to have. And she's like, Hans, what are you talking about? Debt isn't good. I'm like, you, we'll, we'll get into that later. But so you have a federal student loan and you're stressing out. Okay, how much do you owe? It's like, Hans, I owe $40,000. And I just burst out laughing. I was like, what? I went to pharmacy school. I, oh, yeah. You owed way more. <laughs> $40,000? You want to trade places, you know? <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, I will show you exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. I told her, there are 12 repayment plans. Look into an income-based repayment plan, looking at how your finances are structured, looking at how your spouse also has student debt. You both should look into this. They did. Tiana, I kid you not. Six months after our conversation, they bought a house. And a year from the time we spoke, they had a beautiful wedding. So one conversation literally transformed my best friend's sister's life. Mm -hmm. And I saw that happening. And I, that moment, it was like, wow, financial literacy is so important. People feel trapped because they don't understand money. They don't understand debt. They don't understand investing. And in that moment, and I say this not to be like too spiritual, but literally how I feel, mm -hmm. 
the words investing tutor came to my mind. And then the question that was put on my heart is, Hans, are there investment tutors in the US? So I went to Google and I typed investment tutor, search, blank. I was like, what? This entire country with 300 million people, there isn't a single investment tutor. What is going on? So I went to GoDaddy and I got the, the domain. Email. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yep. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a course and I'm going to teach people about investing and personal finance and understanding and managing debt. So then I start to research the best resources so I can know how to start my business. You see, one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make, and for me, time is valuable, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. So I never try to go and do something by myself and make mistakes. No way. I would much rather find someone who's done what I want to do and have that person teach me the shortest way to do it, 100%. So I went and looked out for how do I create a business where I put together a course? And I typically do very thorough research. My research led me to Amy Porterfield. She had courses that convert. Right now is Digital Course Academy. So I bought Amy Porterfield's course. That was the first like $1,000 course I'd ever purchased in my life. So imagine someone who is starting a new business, never purchased a course before. I see this and then I, I just buy it. <laughs> yep. Bold. I like it. Yeah, because she's making millions of dollars. Yeah, learn from the best. Yep. She's teaching how to do it. To me, it's like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. And because I did that, I learned about pre-selling your course before it's even built. So before I even launched the course, I just posted about it in my Facebook, which I wouldn't have known if I hadn't gotten that information. And actually pre-sold the course to about 20 people before I even launched it, like a month before I launched it. So I sold the course to 20 people at $50 per person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then I made what? $1,000 before the course even went live. And you made your investment back just like that. <laughs> I Interesting. I didn't even do the math back then to figure out that I had made my yep, back. Yep, you did. <laughs> and I went on, so I launched the course, but I noticed, so the pre-sale was $50, but once the course was live, it was now a hundred. People would buy the course, but Tiana, they wouldn't watch it. I kept seeing that happen. And I was like, wait, what's going on? So then after three months of seeing people purchase this course and not watch it, I was like, you know what? I'm not just selling a course just to make money. I want people to actually watch this course. So then 
I was doing some extra reading and things of that nature. And I purchased Ramit Sethi's course. His course was $2,400. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now I know how to think like at a high level. I've learned, you know, a couple of different things. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my course and then I'm going to introduce a one-on-one -on -one component so that an individual will watch the course and then they'll have a one-on-one -on -one session with me so that in combination, it will be able to hold them accountable to finishing the program. Does that make sense? It does. Mm -hmm. Accountability is everything. Absolutely. So then I went from a $100 product and then scaling it up to either $300 or $500. I don't quite remember. All of a sudden, people are paying more money, so you know for sure they are going to complete it. <laughs> right. And there's a one-on-one -on -one component. Yana, that is what allowed me to scale my business from a few thousand dollars to about $100,000 in the first year and a few months. And what was it like? Because I can only imagine, especially incorporating that one-on-one -on -one component. So now you're actually seeing and hearing directly from your students. So what was it like to witness the impact just with that simple model addition? It was life-changing for me because, and up until this day, whenever I work with a client and I see that aha moment when they finally get it, like they finally get how the stock market works. They finally get how to invest in stocks. They finally get how to build wealth, tapping into their retirement account at work. Like when it clicks and I'm able to experience that, like that moment, I keep reliving it with every single client. And I've worked with over 3,000 people over the past three years. But even till this day, that feeling is phenomenal. And just to know that people are actually doing the work, meaning that they are not just buying a program and putting it on the shelf. Because for me, I want people's lives to be changed. And I don't think I've shared this with you, but the reason why this is important to me is I feel like for immigrants and minorities, we aren't exposed to strategies around wealth building. And it's often because our parents are so busy working, trying to put food on the table, trying to keep a roof over our head, that they haven't been taught themselves how wealth is built. So there's no way that they can pass that information on to their kids. That was my experience. And I know a ton of other people feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. And I can even like personally attest to that. Even just if I'm thinking about the difference in generations, my parents, it was very much paycheck to paycheck for most of our life. You know what I mean? And now in my adulthood, obviously I've transitioned out of that and I've been focused on no debt. 
But as I'm continuing to learn and educate myself, now I'm even, I'm a student of you trying to figure out how can I position myself so that the next generation of my family can continue to be wealth building, not simply saving and debt avoiding, but actually building that generational wealth. So yeah, I connect very deeply to that. Thank you. Now you've said something very important and I'm going to kind of just talk about that because this is so important. The reason people are scared of debt is because they don't understand what debt is. Like when you think of debt, I just want to just let's Continue with this. When you think of debt, what comes to mind? Ooh, I think the like fear is the first word that came to mind. Why? And I think it's very much been programmed into us that what we should be after is the opposite of debt. Mm. We, sh- we should be after, you know, overflowing bank accounts. And the picture of debt that I can think of is in the negative. And that's just what shows up for me. Like I can feel it in my body. Like it's that fear. It's that Ah, scarcity. mm. You see, and that's the problem. I often say poor people and middle-class people are told debt is bad, but the rich and wealthy are raising capital and borrowing money to even build more wealth. Mm. Think about that for a moment. If you look at some of the richest individuals in the world, Many people don't know this. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook had to take on debt to be able to scale. Microsoft, Bill Gates, had to take on debt to be able to scale. Amazon was in the red for the longest period of time to a point where it was even bothering Wall Street. But if you look at Amazon stock from 1997 till now, Amazon is up 70,000%. Debt by itself is not bad. It is how it is used. So follow me. An individual borrows money. Okay, let me take a step back. There are two types of debt. Bad debt and good debt. Most people say, can debt be good? So follow with me here. Bad debt is when you borrow money and you use it to purchase something that becomes worthless over time. Like a very fancy car that you don't need. If you don't need the car. But let's say, well, the key term that you use is very fancy car that you don't need. That's a very good one. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I'm just like, I don't need a range when my VW Jetta is very well running and gets me where I need to go. (laughs) 100%. I think that example is perfect because you added very fancy card that you don't need. So that is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be an example of bad debt, right? Now, good debt is when a person borrows money to acquire an asset that pays off the debt over time. And after the debt is paid off, that asset keeps making the individual money. Mm. So the reason why people aren't able to get ahead is they are being told debt is bad. Meanwhile, debt is the thing that allows you to acquire assets 
So your, what you need is the financial literacy to be able to tell the types of debt so that you can acquire good assets that then throw off money to pay off the debt. And after the debt is paid off, that asset belongs to you and it's still generating you money. No one explains this to the average no. person. They so don't. people are walking around thinking student loans are bad. Another very good example. Based on the description that I've given you, would you say borrowing money to acquire a degree, if it's a good degree, right? That then generates money that pays off the debt. And once the debt is paid off, it keeps generating you money. Is that something to be scared of? No, especially like, okay, and I'll be frank, you know, if you're an 18 year old who's going in and have no idea and there's no intentionality, right, behind what it is that you're studying and paying for, okay, I can see the argument that it's a lot of money to not be sure about why you're spending this money. But I mean, if you're going into a career and you're investing in yourself to make that sound decision, I absolutely agree with you that it can be worth it in the long run. I mean, I personally just uh, in the last year or so graduated from my master's program and acquired debt, but that master's program opened the doors for me to get my current position in a consulting firm working with Fortune 500 companies. And it's also given me the credibility that I needed to move into the entrepreneur space with the confidence that I have. So I think, I mean, I'm even a perfect example of what you're talking about. Perfect. But then some individual somewhere like you and I mm -hmm. has the potential and knows the career they want is listening to random people or certain experts who have never experienced what life is as an immigrant. They don't know what that life is like. Mm -hmm. And the what they are hearing is debt is bad. If you cannot afford your education, you don't deserve it. You have to go and work that minimum wage job to save up to be able to afford your education. That is the messaging being sent out. Can you imagine what that is going to do to that person? First and foremost, that person is being told debt is bad. All types of debt is bad. So then now they have to go work a $7 an hour job for how many years to be able to afford that education? Meanwhile, if they understood the different types of debt, they would immediately go pursue that very good career because the career that you choose, it's like you are investing in something, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be able to give you a return because you're using that debt to acquire an asset. But I feel the missing piece is people don't understand. There are different ways that debt can be used. And let me end with this. The most popular rebuttal that I hear is the Bible says a borrower is a slave to the lender. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, I love it. Tell us your response to that. <laughs> very simple. What if the borrower is lending the money at a profit? Mm. <laughs> yep. What if the borrower is lending 
the money that they've borrowed at a profit? Say more. <laughs> so the statement is a borrower is a slave to the lender, meaning that if a borrower is, is going for money, right, they are then obligated, right, to always pay the lender. Right. Now I'm saying, okay, this borrower has gone to borrow, let's say, money. And now the borrower is lending the money they borrowed at a profit. <laughs> so they are making more because now the borrower is lending money. Mm -hmm. And the money that that person is, the money that the borrower is generating from the money that he or she has lent is paying back the lender while that person keeps the surplus. Yep. But people just hear that line, the borrower is a slave to the lender, and then it's like, period. No. <laughs> like, we can dig a little deeper into this, y'all. 100%. <laughs> Not to mention that verse. Everyone seems to forget the beginning of that verse, which is, the rich rule over the poor. And like the examples I shared with you, rich people are not running away from debt. I can guarantee you that. This episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those, except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free 99 to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. Hmm. I love everything that you've said. And in the course of just a few minutes, you've already given us an education. And I think that this is the perfect time to pivot because Something that I admire so much in you, Hans, is that you are very uniquely talented in teaching and educating your audience even before they become students of yours. And I want you to speak a little bit about on, you know, how you've incorporated education into your business even beyond the actual courses that you've offered. So if you want to change someone's life, you have to be able to show them um, or teach them something that they didn't quite know, which then shifts their entire being. So as individuals, we have this inclination to want to be taught something or we want to be inspired or we want to laugh. Those are the three core, I'd say, things that individuals latch on. Naturally, for me, I am an educator and I didn't even know that. And the reason for this is I ha just have this 
nature where I want to help people. And I want to share and give like the information that I've acquired. I just have this natural like need <laughs> to share it. Like, you know, it's like I've learned something. And, and the reason I have this natural need to share it is because most people do the opposite. Like, as I'm sharing this with you, I'm reminded of several times where people have come to me and they're like, wow, Hans, like you, you could have gotten and learned all of this information about wealth building and you could have just focused on just you and your well-being and your family and just focused on doing that for yourself. And probably in about 30 years, you'd be one of the richest Ghanaians in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because no one else is investing. I, I never even thought of that. I got this information. I want to share it. I want everyone to be rich. What's the point in only me being rich? It doesn't benefit me. So I have this natural inclination to just want to share. So for anyone listening, once you realize that shifting to a posture of wanting to give, to help, to transform lives. Once you shift your mindset, all of a sudden you become a natural educator because your entire body and being will do everything possible to allow you to help others. So I didn't practice teaching. I didn't practice how to communicate. I just think about the people that I'm serving and I serve them to my core, like even right now, recording this podcast episode, like when we started talking, I was in one zone. Right now, I'm in like a different dimension and I don't even know how I got there (laughs) (laughs) because I just know that someone is going to be listening to this right now and this conversation could very well be the thing that puts them on a completely different path. It happened to me when I picked up a book that said the rich don't work for money. And it began my journey, right? So for someone listening to this, it might just be a sentence that they hear, right? And it it takes them on a completely different journey. So yeah, I say all of that to say, if you have a heart to serve, if you want to give, you will naturally see yourself being a better educator. Mm -hmm. The only caveat is givers need to realize that they are takers in this world. People who just want to take, they don't want to like compensate you for your work. I'm reminded of an Instagram comment that came in today, just today. Oh yeah? Yep. Tell us, give us the tea. (laughs) What'd they say? (laughs) Yep, so my post was the stock that, I featured in my top five stocks to buy right now. Mm-hmm. I featured it on Sunday. Oh, I w- oh, if you didn't know, I was there. Excellent. I'm yep. telling you, y'all, if you're listening right now, Hans <laughs> is not on this podcast for no reason. I am a student. I am a friend. And he is trusted, y'all. Like, Hans oh. is the truth. So t- tell you. us what the Instagram <laughs> hater said. <laughs> so... The post was the number one stock 
in my report is up 30% this morning. That was my post. Mm -hmm. And the comment came in, Dr. Hans, why don't you tell us the stock? And then I commented, it's in my report. And then the person wrote, I knew it. You're trying to sell us something, aren't you? Typical. (laughs) (laughs) And I went back and just left a very nice comment. Mm -hmm. Do you go to work every morning for free? Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Y'all. Okay. And it's so funny because I'm thinking about the kind of the philosophy that you shared with us earlier about if you're investing in something that's going to make you money back, then it's sound, like it's worth it. So it's, it's always so interesting that people are so resistant to even making a small investment to receiving information about what to invest in. Because the investment itself is going to pay for it, guys. There, there we go. But, you know, when a person has a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. and that's another reason why, like, the whole construct of looking at debt negatively is because it's not even about debt. It puts a person into a, a fight or flight response and they begin to look at money from a very narrow standpoint. It, it almost even limits their willingness to invest in themselves because it's like, oh, we never have enough. Yeah. Even if you have enough, you're like, we never have enough. I have to be careful. I have to be this. And it, it pours into other areas or other facets of your life. So people don't realize how being fearful around money, you know, can impact, you know, different areas of your life. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I'm actually curious because you gave us a really good example about kind of how you've protected the spirit and integrity of your business, even though you are one of the more generous people I have seen sharing their knowledge. So do you have any other advice for other service-based providers just around, you know, what they can say to themselves and different guardrails they can put in place just so that they're sharing and they're teaching, but they're also treating their own business and well-being with integrity. Absolutely. Every single client or customer that purchases from me, I treat them the exact same way I would treat a relative. So how would I treat my mom? How would I treat my sister? How would I treat my brother? That's 100% how I treat every single client. Whether they're about to buy from me and perhaps they haven't yet, or even when they purchase, every individual I interact with, that's kind of like the framework I have in mind. If you have that construct, and I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you care about your, you know, your, your mom, dad, or siblings. And you, <laughs> you know, if not, then use your best friend or something. <laughs> your dog, whoever, whoever yes, it is. Your, yes. your dog. Oh my God. <laughs> Everyone loves their dog. So that's an excellent one. But like, think about it from that standpoint. And, and, If you do that, you will notice that you interact with people from a place of integrity. You never want to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to reflect. Now, how to be able to have those guardrails so that you know whether you're 
giving too much or if you're a giver, knowing when you can also receive, right? Because I remember this example. As an individual, you have to inhale and then exhale. You cannot just exhale your entire life, right? You need to also inhale. You need to be able to accept or you need to be able to also take to be whole. So there's nothing wrong with taking. I love that. I've never heard that before. I'm, I'm glad. That's- oh, that was amazing. Yes. Okay, keep going. So those guardrails, the way that you want to think about it is with your service, always 100% be comfortable sharing what you do and why you do it. So for example, me, if people follow, people can follow my social media platforms for the rest of their lives. They are going to get a ton of information about investing Mm -hmm. on what investing is, what I am, what I stand for, what I find funny, what information is out in the news, why I'm sharing the information. They are going to get what's and why's the entire life. The only thing they will never get is how to invest. <laughs> yep. But, in, and I'm, I'm laughing not because it's deceptive, but it's because if an individual has been following me, and they keep seeing the what's and the why's and they are inspired and they are encouraged and they see it's working and, and they are learning and they never bother to take a step to learn how, then it means that they don't value that thing. So be 100% comfortable giving the what you do, what you stand for, what you see in the industry, you know, what is changing, why it's changing, why you do what you do, why this approach might work, why that, what is this? Like the what and the why, give. The how is what you, is what clients pay you for. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a very simple way for any of us just to kind of pressure test, you know, like, oh, I want to talk about this and go on a live and talk about this topic. And I think that that, you know, the what and the why, but leave out the how, or at least think about your how before you start spilling out the whole how yes. <laughs> on live. Can, yeah, that's good. My, my best friend, Jeff, would say you can give 10% of the how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. I think that's a very, a very simple and effective way for any of us to kind of check ourselves. Absolutely. So for example, individuals who message me on Instagram and do say, Dr. Hans, where can I start investing? I'll tell them you can download cash app or you Mm -hmm. can go to Robinhood. I'll easily tell them because I'm telling them where to invest. The, The number one question, which I just even cannot answer is how. Right. (laughs) Because it's in my program. Right. Like, and this has served me so well because if you're giving people what, if you're telling them what you do and you're giving them all of the information they they need around what you do and why you do it or what information is out there, why that information is relevant, why that information is relevant. If you're doing all of these things consistently, and they never want to invest in themselves to know how, 
then it just means that they, they, they're just not the right client or the right individual for you. And, and they are a taker. Right. They are just looking to take, 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 take. And they don't even want to serve you. They don't want to honor you for what you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting. And uh, we often, in, especially in our industry and in entrepreneurship, we hear that people pay attention to what they pay for. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So I always think it's really interesting to watch people essentially self-select out once it's time to actually make an investment that's going to literally walk you through whatever the topic is that you're desperately trying to piece together on your own. It's always so interesting to see that. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but again, I know that there, there definitely have been things, even in my own life, So, and this is for anybody who's like, well, you know, maybe I'm just not ready. And yes, like there are things that I've experienced even in my own life that I was, you know, consuming all the freebies in the world, consuming everything. But when I was ready and when I like truly was ready to step into whatever that thing was, I was like, nope, it's time to invest. (laughs) It's time to get the knowledge from the experts and really just do this thing the right way. Like you said, I want to do it the right way the first time if possible. Yes. And that should be the way because think about this scenario. When it comes to investing, the average person would think investing is like driving a, no, let me repeat this. The average person would take money and just randomly go and buy some investment. They don't even know what they are doing. Then let's say that investment drops 50%. They panic, they sell. Now you're here, you've lost half of your money. Mm -hmm. You're telling yourself, oh man, this investing thing doesn't work. You never learned how to invest. You never understood what investing is. You don't even understand the cycles in the market. You don't understand anything. All you did was you put money into something you don't understand. It dropped, you sold, and now you just have this preconceived notion about investing. And I like to say investing is the only thing where when you lose money or when you gain experience with that thing, it doesn't really teach you anything. (laughs) yeah the only thing the person has learned in the process is that they've learned they lost money Mm -hmm. they don't know why they lost it It, that's true yeah so certain things you have to be willing and ready to kind of invest in yourself and it's not only about investing it could be starting a business because you're just going to keep just struggling and struggling meanwhile someone has done what you want to do why on earth wouldn't you tap into that individual's knowledge to expedite the process for yourself so you can shrink decades into days and right. take off, right? So we've been talking a lot about the investing side of your business and how you've been educating people in that way. Uh, that's actually where most of my experience with your platforms has come from and totally admire everything you're doing with that. I am curious though, because I happen to know, and we've touched on it a little bit, that you are continuing to educate people, but on a slightly different topic. So can you tell us a little bit about what becoming your own boss is all about and how you're incorporating education in that side of your business as well? Absolutely. You remember at the beginning of the podcast, I shared with you that there are two ways to build wealth. Mm -hmm. 
investing and starting a business, right? When I found out those two things, guess what I did with my life? I started investing and I started building businesses. <laughs> that is how you know this man was determined to build wealth. So I wasn't even leaving anything to chance. So my first business was about investing. Now I want to show individuals the other aspect, which is how to build a business. My business partner and I, what we've done is we've taken, we've taken our experience in building our own businesses to a point where we now are our own bosses. And we want to show other individuals how they can do that. Because most online programs typically focus on a particular thing. So an individual might get a program on how to build a course, how to run social media, how to come up with their superpower, how to get the idea, you know, how to run an ad. There's bits and pieces of it. We wanted to show people how to build a business and become their own boss. So everything from idea to ideal customer to product pricing to branding to marketing, to developing an offer so you can sell, Mm -hmm. talking about sales, right? So it's like the entire gamut. And the very last step is actually incorporating the business. So this is like the entire process of getting an individual to become their own boss. Oh, I love it. From point A to point Z. 100%. (laughs) 100%. So now you, you have started two successful businesses at this point, right? So what would you, what advice would you give to yourself? Hans, uh, circa, let's say like 2010. What are you telling that Hans? Hans buy Amazon stock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. They are killing it right now, by the way. Honestly, that would 100% that would 100% be what I'll be telling Hans in 2010. (laughs) But besides that, another thing that I'd be telling Hans in 2010 is you've learned about entrepreneurship. And anytime someone comes to you and says, hey, I have a business idea. Do you want to become a co-founder? Stop jumping into every single group (laughs) and starting a business and you guys printing business cards and then you guys meeting once a week and being on conference calls talking about how you're going to change the world and you're actually doing nothing. Why? Because people love the idea of pretending. (laughs) And I, I did that for seven years of my life. I was in so many groups. Like nowadays when someone calls me and they're like, Hans, We need your expertise to start a business. You know what I tell them? What? Go and start the business. Whenever you need my input, just send me a text message. I'll offer to help you for free. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to be a part of it. Why? Because focus is so important. Most entrepreneurs just blow with the wind. It's like, oh, this idea, then that idea, and this idea. They don't realize that focus is what gets you results. Let me give you this analogy. If you have a watering can 
and that watering can has enough water for you to water one seed from the time you plant it into the soil to when it germinates all the way to when it bears fruit. If you have that and you decide to plant five seeds instead of that one, and you use that one watering can to try and get five of those seeds, right, to grow, you're going to end up killing all five. Focus is absolutely important. Many people don't realize that. And that's why they are not able to get their business to a point where it's successful. Notice I got the investing tutor to a point where it's earning six figures before I went and created Becoming Your Own Boss. And now just replicating that process. But people don't allow themselves to fully grow or develop their business to a point where then they can branch off and do something else. They are looking at individuals who have multiple businesses and they are trying to create multiple businesses from the get-go, forgetting that those individuals started with one and then got to a point where they're able to have two. And then they get to a point where they're able to have three. And along the way, they are setting up teams in place to manage all of those businesses. Meanwhile, that new entrepreneur has no team and is running three businesses. Yep. Oh, you are preaching right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think uh, it's really easy, especially people who are new into entrepreneurship, to start comparing yourself to people who have been doing the work for years now. And they have had their own struggles and they have had to scale their businesses and whatnot. So like everything you're saying, I'm absolutely in alignment with especially because I happen to be very multi-passionate and there are a lot of ideas that I, I have them written down. I've got my journal and I've got an idea board. So they're written down and I'm excited for the day that I can pick them up. But you're so right. Like it does take that discipline to really focus in on, you know, your business for right now, just until you can scale it and get it to where it needs to be before you can start dividing your attention in that way. Oh, yeah. preaching. Yes. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap up, I just want to know, is there anything else on the horizon for you or anything that you wish I would have asked you about that I didn't get a chance to? Yes. I wish you would have asked me, Hans, what is the formula for financial success? Hans, what is the formula for financial success? It is so simple. Anyone listening to this that follows this template will be incredibly financially successful. Here's the formula. There are three things that you need to do. And you have to do all three of these simultaneously. The first, you want to be saving so that you're building that savings account or that emergency fund. The second thing that you want to do is you want to be paying down debt, right? So you're saving, you're paying down debt. The third thing, which almost everyone ignores, is investing for the future. So save, pay down debt, and be investing. Here's why that's the formula for success. When you are saving, you are taking care of the present so that, if the, so that if there is an emergency, you can handle that emergency. When you are paying down debt, you are reducing past expenses that you've had 
that perhaps you couldn't afford. So you're paying them down. And remember, over time, they will come to zero. Rushing to do it doesn't change the fact that they will come to zero. The third is investing. Why? Because you're taking care of the future to make sure that when you get there, you have wealth stored. And not only will that wealth benefit you, but it's going to also benefit the next generation. So good. So let me take it just a step further and ask you to break it down for us, uh, just so we leave people with a very tangible picture of what this looks like. So let me pretend I've got $100 a month. We're just going to take that little number. I've got $100 a month to do what you say with. So if I am saving, paying down debt, and investing, what am I doing with that $100? Perfect. The rule of thumb is you should be investing 10% of your income. If you want to build generational wealth, push yourself to do 15. But let's say you're doing 10. Because if you do 10%, you can live very comfortably. 15% means you're going to live wealth for multiple generations. But let's say 10%. So you're going to take $10 out of that 100. You're going to put it into an investing account, okay? Now saving, you have to decide. Do you want to save $20 or do you want to save $15 or do you want to save $10? Let's keep it simple. Let's say a person is saving $10, okay? So you do that. Now there's $80 left. The question is, how sensitive are you to debt? If you don't like debt, you might say, you know what? I'm going to be putting 30 of those dollars to pay down debt. Uh-huh. Sure, if that's what you want. Me, I'll do 10. But everyone, you're, you're more than flexible to do what you want. So you see, in this structure, you're still left with $50 that you can take off your day-to-day expenses, go on vacations, travel, live life, and you are still accomplishing the most important financial goals. And many people don't realize this. They are stressed out for no reason because they don't understand how money works. Mm -hmm. And they are looking at current debt and allowing that to impact them so much that they are selling themselves short when it comes to future fortunes. And every single year that a person waits to invest, they don't even know this. They are losing a quarter of a million dollars of retirement income. And that is money that you can never get back because that time when it's spent, you cannot create more time in the future to get that compounded rate of return. I like to say you can always make or earn more money in the future to put more towards debt, but you can never create more time for your investments to grow. Ooh, that's good. You're right, dude. You're speaking to me right now. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let me go talk to my husband after this conversation and make sure we got some things straightened out, you know? (laughs) The the reason why you're getting all of this is because most personal finance people, they use emotions to get people to do things. I'm not even using emotions. I'm just using facts and numbers. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Like what I'm sharing is just numerically proven to be right. Right. It's not even like I'm forcing people to do something. Whereas another person would describe that you are 
in debt, you are stuck. Don't you feel that heavy load on yourself? How can you even breathe in the morning when you owe all of those people? You see, all of a sudden, you just begin to constrict and, and you create this mental picture of debt. Meanwhile, debt is just an expense. You know, people are being conditioned, Tiana, to literally, some of them are told, keep $1,000 for yourself and then give all of your money away for the next several years of your life. Give all of it away to pay down debt, meaning give everything to everyone else. Don't even think about your well-being. Don't think about your retirement. Don't think about your kids. Give all of your money away. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, after you finish working and giving all of your money away, then you can build an emergency fund and then you can begin contributing to your retirement as if time was just waiting for you to like reach that point. Right. I like to say that plan is perfect for people who are waiting for an inheritance because (laughs) they are set. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what they do when they are 65, that check is coming in for mom and dad because it, you know, it doesn't matter. But if an immigrant or a minority follows that thing step by step, and they are not getting an inheritance, they've literally wasted their entire life. It's so sad. That is absolutely. So now that you have given us just all of the life-giving financial investing lessons, Hans, I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly where they can find you and exactly how they can get in touch with you. So can you tell us where you hang out on the, you know, our favorite place, the internet? Tell us all the places. Absolutely. Um, You all can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Just search investing tutor right? So investing, you all should know how to spell that. And tutor, T-U-T-O-R. If you just search that, you'd find me. My name should pop up Dr. Hans, right? So you can connect with me on their Instagram or LinkedIn. Excuse me, Instagram or Facebook. But if you want to find me on LinkedIn, just search Hans, which is H-A-N-S, last name Boateng, which is B-O-A-T, so as in boat, And then you add an E-N-G at the end. So Botang. Perfect. Well, I just want to say again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. I feel like we got both an education on Investing 101 and also an education on how to educate our own people. So it's just kind of like the matrix. It's a lot of education going on. It's great. Absolutely. It was just such a pleasure. And I just want to acknowledge you for the incredible work that you do. I can tell you have just a giving spirit and a kind heart. And I just want you to know that you're doing phenomenal work. And it was a privilege and an honor to be able to share with your guests today. Uh, And I feel the same way. Likewise. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. 